0: Good shut the dough, bro. We did that last time.
1: <laughs> Good evening everybody. Welcome to Old Soul Radio. I'm your host, Dolomite Motherfucking 12, and uh, Franklin Donovan. <laughs> <laughs> today, today we got some special guests. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Welcome back, Keel, Satchel, Queasy, Max. It's the first time my man Doe is here. So, uh, a lot of craziness has been happening recently and last month. Nine of me and Sam's homies decided to not eat. and That's uh, <laughs> a lot of hungry people in here. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it would be only only uh, appropriate to have them in the same room to go through and share experiences of both hunger striking for significant issues. Props to ethnic studies. Props to ending police brutality. Fire chief, sir. Um, Yeah. Just... I don't even really know where to start. There's a lot of emotion, a lot of things I feel about this. I, How, I, can, say, I can say that. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a great interview. That's all I can say. <laughs>
2: We're going to have a good time tonight. <laughs> this is the unfiltered, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. interview we give. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> can <say. laughs> If
3: you uh, mention us on Twitter,
2: we'll answer any of your questions. There you go. Oh, oh man. Twitter man. exclusive. What up? <laughs>
0: We're trying to get our hashtag Which one? You can't hear him? Alright. Hello? It's all good. I mean, just. Walkie talkie. That's not bad. Uh, it's not i bad. Trebly. Trebly.
1: Where's the window? I'm closing the window real quick.
0: Yeah, just close the Technical window. difficulties. This isn't difficult. We're just gonna close the window.
1: All right, so what, uh... <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> So, how, how are you guys doing today? You guys wanna, you guys wanna, you guys wanna talk and yeah, stuff? Yeah, so
4: I, I noticed something. So, I thought i bounced back hella quick. So, like, the next morning I had a burrito and shit. Uh-huh. And, like. So we're
2: gonna interview <laughs> each other. This is what's gonna Yeah, alright. <laughs> so, because the doctor
4: only said that I was low in potassium. So, they said even should be fine. So, I hopped back to my regular eating patterns. And I've been fine until today that I've noticed I'm hella like, um, lightheaded every time I stand up and I eat some meat and that shit fucked today? up. Today? Yeah, just today. So, I'm gonna be taking it easy. Really?
0: I think I'm hella dehydrated, that's a problem. Do you drink water? Yes. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> keel, how do you
5: feel? Talking to the microphone. Uh, I feel good. I, I basically can, I've only been able to eat about one meal a day. Really? The one I tried eating more than like a meal. Satchel's been putting it away, dude. I know, bro. I was with him when he <laughs> ate that burrito. He ate it in like three minutes.
0: Yeah, dude. I fucking ate shawarmas it had, with him it had, the other it day had spicy with hot stuff sauce in it
5: too. Yeah, yeah. Not, nah, I don't know. But uh, today, bro, we ate hella meat, and uh, I'm probably gonna have some stinky ass shit. <laughs> Cause it's like just meat, man. We just ate meat. And
4: there was like habanero peppers and the and like, the they're sausages young, shit. <laughs> Excuse Fry them.
0: Fry bread. These are the insights of a hunger strike. This is a worldwide show.
6: I know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm aware of that.
0: Queasy, <laughs> <laughs> how do you feel?
2: Oh, um, I'm feeling all right. Considering, I mean, the more. The days that go on I mean we're getting better mm-hmm. little by little but the more days go on I realize like wow 17 18 days is a long time yeah it didn't seem like such a long time when we were doing it but now it's like you had to recover from that mm-hmm. it's no joke Especially, yeah. I'm a 42 years old. Right. So it's different from being like these little teenager, 20 year old kids. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, uh, when I was their age, I didn't eat because I couldn't eat. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> no food stamps. No, I'm just, But, <laughs> yeah, but nah, it, it's, it's been a road of recovery, but it's, it's definitely, uh, you know, well worth it. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, regardless, this is the levels we got to take to. Uh, put our lives on the line mm-hmm. really if we're talking about freedom because that's what, you know, like Cat Brooks said when she quoted Malcolm X it's like, if you're not ready to put your life on the line then, you know, you gotta take the word freedom out of your vocabulary mm-hmm. you know, so, I'm, I learned a lot so, you know, we were covering though. you know what I'm saying, right. Th- step by step it's just like they said, you know, little meals at first and then uh, a lot of fish and rice and mm-hmm. things like that cooked vegetables, no raw vegetables Stuff like that we're learning about just for our digestive system. Coconut great. water. Coconut water still.
0: <laughs> How about you, Linda?
3: Still recovering. Uh, I, you know, 17 days is no joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't think it would take that long. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I think at the same time it showed exactly what the mayor, what the police chief, thought of us, thinks of, of the people in this room, thinks of, of mm-hmm. many of the communities that we fight for but as far as recovery um, eating about one meal a day, similar to Akil uh, thankfully there hasn't been many issues just fatigue, tired mm. a lot um, so I'm trying to get my, my energy back I have had nightmares though mm-hmm. uh, strangely Not feeling as safe sleeping in my bed Mm -hmm. than I am, you know, than we were sleeping on the street with Mm -hmm. the people in our community watching over us, -hmm. feeling safe that they were there all the time. Uh, So that's been something that working through and and getting through. But physically, thankfully, that getting strong. I I, I lost 25 pounds, so. Damn. Uh, want to make sure if, if I do gain those back, I gain those back properly because that's a lot of
1: weight. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been, uh, you know, my, my parents actually like, told me to like, um, to kind of like stay out of like, out of like the limelight in terms of like being on camera and stuff because like I've been back and forth, me and Sam back and forth at both hunger strikes. So my parents been kind of tripping like, hey, you know, you might get targeted, you know, by the police and stuff like that. And it's like, I, uh, it is, it is a trip. Like I did feel a sense of community. Like I was just riding really hard with a lot of people through both hunger strikes. And I think that's like something that I definitely appreciated a lot when I was visiting both, you know, but it's like, I don't know. I guess I I am saying like, I'm a a little, you know, paranoid at times too, you know? How did you guys, um,
0: balance out like, uh, your energy with like Doing all those interviews While not eating You know what I'm saying Because people were interviewing you Like every day right Oh Yeah uh, Yeah we had You want to go for it?
3: Sure uh, I mean it was Thousands of people every day Walking down 17th and Valencia Right And uh, I'll be honest At least for me It was the life That filled me up Like mm-hmm. being able to see everyone Being able to Talk to everyone And And them coming in <laughs> And they give you the energy you know they smile they they give you a hug like, having that human touch like you you get to that spiritual point where you start to see energy you start to feel it and, yeah. and, and people coming to you with good energy and and sometimes bad energy and there are moments where i said you know i'm good because i felt that there wasn't positive energy in that space but for the most part it was unconditional love that that kept me going and at some level you know it was our privilege to do this I, I had the privilege to not eat the privilege to not have to go to work I, I, I think the least we could do is is share that space with people but at some level we also had to just be cool and relax and save our energy
4: yeah. um. I think one thing I noticed Because I spent time with like, At the mission strike Was that The, the crowds were really different um, At mission You had some people who cared Some people who like Who organized themselves To come as like groups Like schools And the, the union workers Came that one time For us It was a little different It was like It was just constantly Students You know So the kind of energy Was just like It was either one, they were sitting down in like full classrooms and like asking us a lot of questions. And that got a bit much because I noticed that the answers were the same at the same time. Like they were good answers, we had thought about them for a while, but every class asked the same questions. Like, why are you doing this? Why is ethnic studies so important to you? What's the history of what's been happening like uh, fiscally with the campus with ethnic studies? Um, So I noticed that we were hitting like a wall. We weren't like getting to. we were like we were just like telling them our story but I I I thought it was important that other people start talking because I think we realized I realized midway through that the whole point of this was to create a space where people were really understanding that that like together if you guys talk about what your issue is you guys can figure out how to like how to obtain the answer you know um so I noticed that we needed more of that during those moments of when classrooms kept coming up to us
2: It was crazy dealing with a lot of the people. You know what I mean? Like, it was um, a learning lesson because the atmosphere that we had was not atmosphere of a hunger strike. It ended up kind of being a party atmosphere. But a lot of people were doing it out of innocence, too. You know, they just came to support, um, you know, play music, give us water, give us conversation. But I think a lot of it was... a uh, for me. Learning how to channel my energy, you know? Um, because you have spurts where you have energy. And that, that's, that's, that's what comes into the a lot of people when they do the hunger strikes or whatnot. They might get up too soon, too yeah. fast. and they get that dizzy spell because. You have the energy to do things but you 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 know your mind so your mind is telling you you could do it but your body can't really do it you know, shouldn't do it mm-hmm. especially if you're planning not to eat for another 10 days when you're on day 5 or 6 mm-hmm. um, so it was a lot of um, like max for instance was the first one to tell us like you know you have to be in your tent and calm down and not mm-hmm. this is not a party atmosphere mm-hmm. you know what i mean if you guys are going to do the hunger strike my mother as well you know my mother's already older so she's ready you know, wasn't planning to have a party atmosphere at all. You know, mm-hmm. but it just happened, and then we yeah. all learned. You know, it's a it's, a, it's <coughs> first hunger strike. We 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 were part of as far as us four, mm-hmm. and so you know it was a learning experience. And but the media was overwhelming. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like for me, it was just to a point. It was just disrespectful. Yeah, you know, like I couldn't talk to my father without you know someone. Oh, excuse me, we have an interview. You know, it was just like camera in your face. You know what I mean? Like, even in your tent. Yeah. You know, you saw how the tent was. You have yeah. to crouch They crouch down, go in. Uh, do you want to talk right now? You know, it's like, what the hell? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, so you learn, and it's not just them um, looking for the good because they're waiting for you to fall. Mm-hmm. The media will seem and make it seem like they're on your side with mm-hmm. yeah. you their posts, with their posts, with their blogs, with their head front lines, and all this, but. Understand that they're waiting for your fall just as much as they're, they're covering your your rise. Right. You know. So, and I was learning that. You know, through the write-ups and the little smart remarks and things that they would say about the hunger strike and how serious they took it. And it didn't take it. Was just like at Lee, you know, a lot of them didn't take it serious till the sixth, seventh, eighth day. hmm Um. But yeah, it's it's, it's, a, it's a lot. It's a learning experience. But I think I learned how to <coughs> channel it well, in my in my opinion, the best way I could. And you know uh, reading and writing a lot in my tent and just you know spending time to myself and appreciating and understanding the moment because it's it's I knew that it'd be over you know it's something like uh, whether it was you know something tragic or whether was we decided to step out or whatever but I knew mm-hmm. in my mind that it would be over you mm-hmm. know so I was embracing the moment more or less like you know appreciating the love we had like lindo said we had you know y'all know y'all was spending the night there yeah. watching our backs and and just the people that would be out there you know to understand that 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 sense of uh, camaraderie and, and community was just overwhelming so i wanted to really embrace that and understand how we can move that to the next level too you know what i mean
1: Word. what would you guys say like the the next level looks like i mean with all the sense of community that came together and um they're kind of look like I know you guys like don't necessarily want to take on like a leadership role, but people are like looking to you guys for like for answers now and I feel like that's something that's continuously happening now, you know, and um with that like carrying into the summer like what's something that you guys would like hope could be the next step in terms of movement
4: i think we I think what I realized and we realized was that the campus still is not one body there's a lot of um. It's not one right now so i think what we got to focus on is really opening space for people to like become united under one like goal and understand that you might not be trying to get this like the same that you're getting the same thing but you do it in different ways and you have different ways you carry yourself through this work mm-hmm. so we have to recognize that and come together and try to figure out how to do that um i have a question for you guys um do you think that in the position, like, you got yourself in a position where you're in over your head?
3: This is Edwin.
0: Um. <laughs> in case people confuse me with the clip, though. This Edwin. This is Edwin. Um. This is Edwin.
3: You know, I, th- I think even starting it, we didn't know what was going to come of it, what it was going to turn into. You all were there from the beginning, right? There was five of us, max. Okay. You all stayed multiple nights. You know, we, we didn't know what was going to come of it. We just knew that we wanted to make the statement that we're willing to put our lives on the line for this. And I don't think we realized how impactful that was going to be on other people around the world. Uh, and you know now looking back on it it makes sense like there's people who would just look at us generally when we have our actions and say oh those are just activists Mm
6: -hmm.
3: and no one should ever just be an activist like activism is powerful it's organizing Mm -hmm. but then what this did was say wait let me look into this because these people are willing to not eat for this What what does that mean and I'll be honest, it's the strategy was strategy was very simple, Chief Sir must be fired, which we will continue on, and we had space that we held and reclaimed space in front of the police station. That was the extent of it. everything else you know we we don't see it as though we're we're as you mentioned leading something mm-hmm. we just like everyone else, have convictions. And we said, we're going to stand on these convictions and we're going to be very firm on it. And we're going to be unapologetic about them. And we know it's right.
6: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, but what's come of it is, is thousands of people from all walks of life coming together saying, well, what's next? And I think what's beautiful, is, and at least what we're saying, is what do you all want? to be next Mm -hmm. right the community has the sophistication and the power to decide what that is Mm -hmm. what we're saying is we still have the demand let's push for that but let's look at what else can be done right what can our community do to help itself without relying on the government without relying on foundations you know how do we through the grassroots support and help our own community and say we're we're building within our community and they have ownership they have land they have education Mm -hmm. Um, because in a way a lot of times we rely on on government to provide a solution when I think Mm -hmm. our community can do it itself so are we over in over our heads no I I think the community has stepped up you know we talk about the Frisco 500 the Frisco 5000 right there's there's people out there that want to move they want to make things happen and everyone is a leader Everyone has the power to do something, make some change. We were just five folks that were willing to not eat. Mm-hmm. You know, but there's, anyone can think of an innovative approach to an action or innovative approach to governance. Like, what, what's, the, what's a new way of policing,
5: mm-hmm.
3: right? Do, do they have to carry guns? Imagine if police who walk the streets not carry guns, right? Let's push that. Wh- whatever it is, let's, let's push it, and, and the community will support it. Mm-hmm.
2: Um it's it's a trip because like like you said, I mean, none of us expected this. You know, like the, the the media coverage and just everybody the community support. Like, you know, we knew people were gonna support, but not to the extreme it was. But like me and Max, since we really started, you know, doing this, like, um, we always joke with each other and we, you know, when we sit down and have our talks and we always say what do we get ourselves into? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like that's always our joke. You know what I mean? To just bring us back to reality and just understand that we brothers first and foremost. And, and you know, and like, and to under, and, but to us, it's to me and to us, it's, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful struggle. You know, like I'm out for this for the people and to seek justice, and that's it. And what is what it's grown to is this learning experience of how intricate it is, you know, the laws, the policies, the Bill of Rights, and and as well as all the police departments and learning these, the names of them and them knowing who we are and putting it all on the front line, you know, I love it, I honestly love it, you know, so to me it's a beautiful struggle, so, and I'm ready to, like, face and and, and take on that responsibility as far as like the Grace Lee Boggs theory is I believe that we are the leaders we've been waiting for you know like we we, we can't romanticize about revolution and, and fantasize that it was a, fan, a fantasy or something or a fairy tale when these things actually happened and these revolutionaries actually existed and they were human beings just like us just like y'all you know um, and it was just people that decided to take this struggle seriously whether it be you know edu- ed- not whether it be, but educational-wise and strategic-wise, tactic-wise, on the on the on the ground-wise, you know, like to the front steps, like all that. So, you know, it's to me, it's, it, it makes it's it's like what I'm supposed to be doing. So, regardless of how overwhelming or over our heads it it might seem, it just means I have to step up my game that much more because I I look at it as if not us, then who, and if not now, then when. Mm-hmm. So, and I say, if not, why not in San Francisco? Why not in our generation? So, I have, if I believe these things, I have to, you know, I can't just walk talk these things. I have to walk these things, and that's what part of, you know, our responsibility is. Is whatever's over our head, we have to tackle it and take it on. Cause who else is gonna do it? You know, we can't rely on these city officials to to help us out. You know what I mean? So it's on us. You know what I'm saying? But it is overwhelming at times, but I love it. I love it. We we, we got to fight this monster, and, uh, you know, I have a passion for it because I don't like them, and I feel that we need to take them down, and whatever we got to do for our city, we'll do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
4: Word. Yeah, I feel you. I think something that I noticed as far as what I meant by over the head, over our heads, or in over our heads, um, was that we were faced with decisions, and that decision had to be based on, like, education and knowledge of certain subjects, or we were going into situations where we had to, like know how to talk to certain people um and although i'm like ready to learn that stuff i couldn't learn it quick enough And i got thrown into these situations and that you know and sometimes to learn like mistakes are a learning experience i think that's what i was that's what i came to learn um so it was cool yeah it was cool
2: like a kill, and y'all be texting me like do you think ever we should quit or something (laughs) I remember sometimes I was like yeah I went through that day seven too or you know I I don't know I don't
5: remember that but probably
2: probably. (laughs) you know know, it was just little things like like I thought maybe during this strike more or less is, I'm thinking like maybe we're over, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh my God, we're in a tent and it's dangerous and things. You know, like sometimes you go, it could end any second. These police could come out and raid our tent any minute. Those might have been times I've been like, damn, what are we going to do then? You know, like, that's about it. though. Yeah,
6: there were definitely,
2: there were definitely moments where
3: you go to sleep and you, I remember laying in the tent and thinking, wow. I'm not going to eat again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and you kind of yeah. went to sleep just hoping that that pain in your groin or your stomach would go away. And then you just had to maintain your body for the next 24 hours. But sleep was kind of like the safe haven where you are just, you weren't in that moment. You weren't hungry. You weren't feeling anything. It was yeah. like your, it was your medicine.
5: One thing I noticed about <clears throat> our fucking strike <laughs> like i never got to sleep dude like i i average like 5 hours of sleep a fucking day and honestly like the campus environment is very different from the city environment and like the response to organizing gets you know what i mean like we was we didn't have to go as long as you guys did and we had a negotiation with the fucking president you know but like it was like we, I feel like I never had a fucking break. I never, I never got to sleep, man. Like, I was like, I would look. Well, first of all, we couldn't even have our tents up during the day, mm. so we had no real place to go like chill. Mm. And I noticed that you guys had the tents and
2: looked <laughs> nice.
5: <laughs> be able to, know, but I'm saying because you could go in and have your moment to go calm your mind. Because I feel like my mind, the more days we went in, it's like it would be more and more active. Like I would just be having thoughts of thoughts and thoughts, and I was just thinking about my entire life, basically. It was fucking.
3: Now, what's interesting? Today, we saw the premiere of this movie called *Agents of Change*. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Castro. Yeah, and yeah, it was.
0: Yeah, we saw mm-hmm. it too. And
3: it was a uh, it was a powerful movie. Um, had had some, I think, as all movies have room for criticism, but you you saw what the students did at SF State during the 60s, and you saw what the students did at Cornell. And, you know, at Cornell, which is a story I didn't know too much about, there were African-American students, black students that took over the president's office. And it got to the point they feared for their life because of the white students that were being violent towards them, Hmm. that they brought guns and rifles into the building and said, we need to defend ourselves from violence. And it worked. In two days, they, they got an ethnic studies or African-American studies program at, at Cornell. It pushed the issue. One of the pictures from that, when the, the one of the negotiations was they were going to walk out of that building with the president, but they were going to have their guns with them. That was the negotiation, and that the president was going to walk alongside them. Oh, right. Right, and, and that was powerful. That picture became, I think, the... Pulitzer photo of the year or New York Times photo of the year and it went around the world and the reason I mentioned that is there was a panel after and it was interesting because folks in the panel were from the Cornell uh, strike and also the SF State strike and what they were saying is oh that would never happen again today that could never happen again where you can have armed occupation and and they were almost suggesting that you know radicalism isn't really the approach. You have to be tempered and, and negotiate. And, and I would argue, you know, they weren't violent in Cornell. They they were they had those guns for self defense. They never used them. They never had to. Violence was being imposed on them. But it was it was interesting to see that now, about fifty years later, those same students were like, well, you know, this wouldn't happen again today and you think about why and we were discussing this earlier and i I would argue because if you were to get a gun as a person of color they would kill us imagine if you occupied sf state with legal handguns they would they would bring out the armed forces and take you all out that's scary, right? That's scary, and and we use nonviolent processes, nonviolent actions, but it's because we're so scared for our lives that if we did anything else, they would literally hurt us.
5: Yeah, I think I don't know if we're gonna go take a turn, but government conspiracy shit. Like I, I feel like since the sixties, they've they've changed laws about open carry, especially in, San Mar- in California. And it's like, uh, they breed this like fucking pacifism, form of activism. Where, I'm not saying all of Martin Luther King was, uh, like he, he did a lot of good things, but they always talk about him. They don't talk about like other, other militant people like Malcolm X or like uh, all these dudes from the South. Like when they talk about SNCC, We took a class together, and there was a whole sect of SNCC that was militant, carrying guns in their cars, and, like, they don't talk about that time of the history when black folks defended themselves with guns in the street against white folks. Like, that was what it was because they don't want us to do that shit. You know what I mean? But, like, there's no such thing as a peaceful revolution. People have to remember that. You know what I mean? Like, they were saying, oh, we put our bodies on the line, and it's like, because that's the only way we can right now. But if it came to the other one... I would be down too, you know.
3: Well, and and you know, for me, I'm not suggesting that at this moment that's what <laughs> I'm here. But but what I'm saying is is to the point of the the acts of terror against people of color by law enforcement is so great. Yeah, I I feel like it's it is equal to what was happening before, yeah. right? It, it probably wasn't as public. It probably isn't as as often but it's still here and now you know the only thing we can do to defend ourselves is is to have a peaceful protest right people say oh this is radical that you're you're going on a hunger strike it's like our our brothers are dying and so what we're saying is we're taking your power away from you to be able to kill black and brown people and we might as well do it ourselves so that you can recognize the value of our own bodies. Mm -hmm. And that's what scared them.
5: I have a question. How did you guys deal with the opposition? Like, because I heard, you know, I feel like we got a lot of critiques of using hunger strike as a tactic. And I heard, like, mixed things about you guys, you know, people, oh, that's fucking dumb, whatever. How did, what did you guys do when, because I'm sure being on Valencia, being and then being you guys being native folk like on the in the epicenter of this hipsterdom that is in the mission i'm sure you guys got some people
2: yeah i mean it was a lot i mean you know there was hate of course but compared to the love it was nothing we had like 95 97 percent love compared to the three percent hate i mean there was some weirdos and some you know as you get further in this, you learn that just to ignore that stuff. A lot of it is brought on instigators trying to, you know, agitate and see if you guys are really about it. Can we have patience with each other? They're trying to divide us. It's just, it's, it's important to keep in mind and always keep your eyes on the prize. You know what I mean? Like, because, you know, out there it was it was definitely different elements and being in front of the police station was always a, a something to keep in mind. You know what I mean? But it, it was what it was, you know. We, we it's just like now. We're, you're at a point that you can't turn back, you know. this is we're at the point of no return. We got it's it's justice or else at this at this point, and that's what kind of you know what we understood at, when we were doing it you know, at, at the moment. But yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> the elements were crazy.
3: Yeah. I would I would make the argument that I don't know if anyone has the moral position to tell someone else who's doing a hunger strike that they have a bad tactic. Right, because in in the more, most fundamental way it's not a tactic. This wasn't a negotiating tool. This wasn't a okay, let's negotiate with you to talk about how we can stop this hunger strike. You go into a hunger strike with the demand that must be met and the reason you do a hunger strike is because all other avenues have been exhausted and that's what we did and it got to the point where it was proven to us that the mayor and the police chief were going to let us die on those streets they had no care actually to this day ed lee has still not asked about our health (laughs) to this day and i just got tagged on a facebook post That says tomorrow in Santa Ana you have LGBTQ and immigrant organizers that will go on a hunger strike to demand that Santa Ana cancel its contract
2: with ICE detention centers. Wow,
5: that's sick, hella dope. Right, and so it's
2: it's happening. There's people that's gonna hate, of course, the hunger. Like, and I think that's important because what the march represented too is a lot of people that might not uh, agree on the method or whatever, but they agreed on the goal. And I think that's what's most important because that's kind of the statement is enough is enough, too. It's enough, enough for the police killings and all this, but it's enough of us with this separatism type of organizations and, you know, belonging to this and putting too much on it. It's like we going to if we're going to fight for this justice, it needs to be solidarity, period. I don't care if yep. you're gay, queer or you think you macho and all this type of thing. You got to put your pride aside because it's not about you right now. It's about the people. You know what I mean? Like, so, yeah, we got a little flack for people, you know, might not agree on the same, you know, on the, on the same vehicle, but we agree upon the destination, you know. And I think that's what brought out a lot of people. You know, like They might not even agree on the hunger strike, but they came out and showed some love. You know what I mean? Um, but, I mean, I know, like, you know, it is a, it is almost a, like a last second, a last resort type of tactic is supposed to be looked at as you know what I mean so some people th- didn't agree with that like this is not the last resort but we feel it's a state of emergency you know what I mean like so you're gonna get flack regardless just like y'all got flack you know what I mean like
1: yeah I mean <laughs> shit y'all really said things that was really on my mind cause I, I was getting angry at people that were giving flack to the Hunger Strikers cause it's like um yeah I mean there's like a lot of these there's a lot of like groups that you know say that they're working towards the same goal of of freedom but then would give, you know, sideline criticism to that act and I was just thinking like if you're all there for the same reasons like I feel like with the left side in general with like very liberal views like we all have we have there's so many problems that we're fighting but that doesn't mean that you can't join in solidarity with one fight that you agree with just because they're not necessarily on your you know the team that you signed for you know what I mean like that's just it just felt it just felt really funny to me it just felt like a very like egotistical thing to not Join in on a movement that would just better everybody's situation, yeah
4: mm-hmm. uh, I think one thing that was cool is that when people did have critiques there was there was either one genuine interest in what we were doing, and if they didn't agree with it, you can like you can have a chance to explain yourself so you get better educated on what, why you're doing it from a personal situation and as like a broad idea, and sometimes you notice they were just angry, and there was no convincing them, so you just had to let that slide yeah.
3: I think the exercise itself, right? It it was profound for some. I, I had dinner with the parent of of two kids at Leonard Flint, and this the student was in fifth grade, and we're having dinner, and he was like, "You, you, the Frisco Five inspired our school, our students." And I was like, "How do you mean?" And they said, "We protested. Elementary school students." said every two students from every class got together during lunch and they said next recess we're going to protest because they have two separate playgrounds that the fourth and fifth graders get to play on and the second and third graders play on and they don't get to play together but they have mutual friends that they'd like to share space with so they said they want to have that open they wanted better and safe equipment and so they were going to have recess the next recess they're all going to sit down and not play and, and at the next recess, they sit down, not play, start chanting, what do we want? Recess. When do we want it? Now. <laughs> These are elementary school students, right, who, who saw what happened. Their parents were talking about it. The teachers were talking about it. It was on the news. And they asked questions of, like, what is a hunger strike? Why is it used? What is it for? And the students rolled out butcher paper. And, uh, and 70 students are the ones that sat down. A hundred students wrote their demands on this butcher paper. And the vice principal came to them and said, okay, I commit to negotiate and, and talk about what needs to change because we want to have an inclusive recess for everyone. And these students had, you know, had the mindset of, okay, we have power to get what we believe is right. Mm-hmm. And and to me, that's if all else fails, that's a win. Mm-hmm. Right? there's kids now from here on out who are SF natives that can say when they say well, have you ever community organized they'll be like yeah in elementary school we got recess <laughs> like to me that's that's powerful yeah. because it has an impact much deeper than you know these kids being on, on Twitter or Instagram you know they, they thought of how can we build community amongst ourselves and, and to me I, I love that like that, that inspired me
0: Did, um, I'm going to jump back to what Akil was saying before real quick. Did, uh, what, what, how did you deal with the opposition when you asked them that? I was wondering how y'all dealt with the opposition.
4: Well, I said that we just
0: had a conversation with them.
4: Yeah, we just talked. Yeah, you know, it was was an opportunity to learn about what we were doing because you could, like the, the the question, why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. Uh, you could focus on the immediate effects. We want more money for ethics studies, and then you can focus on the effects that the, the effects it'll have on people, like or kids that you don't even know about. Mm-hmm. Like he was just talking about. Like I know someone I knew had like their little cousin who was like eight years old, who like who, who verbalized the idea that they're doing this for me, and like mm-hmm. she understood that. Um, and although there's going to be drama and like mistakes, like I was talking about, going to be made, and you have to grow from there. We stand for something, you know. Mm-hmm. Outside of like this moment, moment, like if if someone reads, if some kid hears about this five years from now and then is is uh, feels like he's motivated because of this to go to ethics studies, and like that's the point, you mm-hmm. know. Like like they were saying, like they understood that basically what they stood for, their hunger strike was to stand, that showing that y- the power that comes from you has the power to like change what you want to change. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like that idea was taught to these kids from Flynn. I think that's like what was important
0: word yeah hey max, can I ask you a question? So can you just say to the listeners like what you like what your role was at the hunger strike and how it affected you and how you feel now because of that experience that you like of what you did?
7: Um, I didn't really have a defined role to begin with because um, we really didn't put a whole lot of forethought. He was part yeah, yeah 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 I was actually supposed to be one of the strikers but um, because of family issues um, I, I I decided not to do it mm-hmm. um, but yeah in the beginning um, we really didn't put put a whole lot of forethought or planning into um, a, any of it because once again I was supposed to be a striker so what I ended up um, doing was just being down there um, as much as they were um, I just naturally took on the role of um, their nurse, their caretaker, their janitor, their security, their inventory guy, mm-hmm. and it was just, yeah, and it just happened naturally because basically I was the only person who was there every single day, 24-7, and, you know, and because that that's my family, you know, mm-hmm. and so I just decided to contribute any way that I could, you know, and I just... Um, tried to be as observant as I could and try to figure out what needed to be done and how can I best you know serve this movement.
1: Word Right on so. I remember on uh, I I, I um,
3: need to jump in here I think Max underplayed his role (laughs) during the hunger strike Uh, Max essentially set up the infrastructure to manage the whole camp Mm -hmm. uh, make sure things were organized Mm -hmm. uh, supplies were properly in order, that we had all the supplies we needed, that it wasn't a mess Mm -hmm. you know, we we wanted to make sure that we respected this space that it was clean because if you're going to reclaim space, you're not going to Make it look like a space that is, is essentially a dump. Calories and, or vitamins. Right. He he made sure that we had yeah the calories, the vitamins. Uh, he played an instrumental role uh, with the others. Right. You had uh, folks like Mary and Sandra Illich's sister, um, Estelle, my partner. Mm-hmm. So it's you know it was it was a community effort and. I'm sure they were just as tired as we were. Mm-hmm. We we were a pain in the ass sometimes too.
1: Nah, I remember. Um, man, I, I was just thinking of Max. Just like this joke that kept on going. With, every time Max like would come at night, there like a fight would break out outside.
2: Yeah, <laughs> like, Max was there, and the many shit happened. I be in my tent here, Max. What the fuck you want? i like, oh, what's going on? Um.
0: He was smoking meth <laughs> right. Yeah there was oh, methy, yeah. methy that came through He had yeah. So let's
2: keep in mind Like he wasn't not just Keeping track of things He wasn't eating That much as he yeah. did, You know what I mean Like he wasn't eating Except one time When he came with a pizza In front of me I was like Lily what you doing <laughs> He was like Don't look at the box <laughs> But you know what I mean Like he was going through it too yeah. You know what I mean Like You know still Going through it Just like y'all was You know what I mean Y'all yeah. coming Y'all wasn't you know okay. eating in front of us y'all was there for like you know 8 9 hours with us not yeah. eating you know what i mean and then you know. Y'all go eat <laughs> I'd be like Alright y'all, right, y'all Like where y'all about to go You look at each other Like do you really want to know Where I'm about to go like, ah. Well let me know What kind of burrito it was okay, you know, Let me dream about
1: it We, we had code words at, at State I called it uh, The pet store I don't know if y'all caught on I, I kept on saying that To James I was like Hey let's go going to the The Mexican pet store Real quick Pick up The
6: Mexican
1: pet store <laughs> The Mexican pet <laughs> store Well like the taqueria That sounded like That sounded like Some of races but
4: uh <laughs> Yeah we were in like In organizing rooms And people were passing around Like boxes of cookies And shit while we were there Really? Uh, it was yeah. cool It was fine But it was just hella funny You sneaky a cookie In the
5: fucking negotiation uh, oh, They yeah. put I didn't go to the meeting But there was three The three others were in there And they put a fucking plate With pastry in front of the seat of Are it.
0: you serious?
5: Yeah oh, they to get you Damn but I. Wait, I, someone tell them about the
0: burrito. They threw a burrito in your tent, right? <laughs> <laughs>
2: they threw a burrito in front of Shalassi's tent. You know what I mean? so uh, shady. Someone seen it. Someone seen the dude do it. Someone seen the dude do it too. Like, right. yeah, he was on a bicycle and he looked around, threw it there, and walked off. And then um, someone also put some uh, uh, slices of pizza in tinfoil in front of our thing too. I was like, "What the hell was it?" Yeah. I mean, some of them maybe we thought that they thought we were homeless, or they didn't really understand what the strike was about, or mm-hmm. some were just really trying to. There's what? all type of angles that be put, you know what I mean? Like
0: yeah, that one dude was like throwing food at you that one time, right? Oh,
2: eating, eating. Uh,
0: when there was bread Hello all was in our day.
2: face, yeah. Like, yeah, I was. I didn't understand that. I was, it was a lot of t- a lot of testing moments for me. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, I, who was there when the. Dauphine was there Yeah, <laughs> I, had to, I had to kick the Dauphine out of here Satch, Satch was making fun of me was, what, what, was, what was I saying, Satch? I
4: don't want to hear none of that Jibber Jabber <laughs> Alright, bro Where's it's
2: the a yeah,
5: It's
2: Jibber Jabber, man I was like You think I don't know What you want right now? <laughs> <laughs> and he, uh, yeah, it was just A lot of Jibber Jabber <laughs> <laughs> There was a guy That
3: wanted us to die Oh, he drove by, up, right? The guy in the truck drove by his oh, Six a.m. They stopped, put his fist out. He said, "I hope you all die of starvation, so we can have more space in this city for us real people to live in."
0: God damn, damn, sick.
1: That's so crazy. <laughs> That's nice.
5: Yeah. Damn, man.
0: What?
5: Oh. oh yeah, some guy was like. You guys are fucking dumb The fucking Latino guy He's like No I don't know if he was a student He looked like a I don't know Just a dude walking but by agitator. He, was, he was, Yeah it was an agitator guy And he was like If you really care about it You could go out and teach it He's like You don't need a school You don't need this money He's like You're just gonna throw Be a baby Throw a fit And, and ask for some money I don't know. I was just like, whatever. Fuck that guy. <laughs>
3: so I have, yeah. I have a question for you guys. I, I haven't just saw the movie. There was members of the Third World Liberation Front at, at the uh, at the movie today, like the the original, the original. One in the '60s. And so I'm curious, you know, what you all researched, how much of an influence they were, considering you have the same name. But right we this year,
5: we put, well as an ethnic, as like. Part of the minor, I'm getting my minor from, we both are, from ethnic studies, you have to take the intro class. So in the intro class, cover all that. You read the. You read about the whole strike and how it formed and the unions and all the little things. And then our teacher, he invited a 68 striker to our class. So like we talked to, because a lot of those guys are around school or they'll teach there still. And uh, they were a big influence. Um, we, we, there was actually a, a second Third World Liberation Front at UC Berkeley in 1999, and they did a hunger strike too for ethnic studies there. And that was also successful. And that was led by another teacher of ours that he was one of our main advisors. So we felt that to stick in the legacy of these campuses, um, fighting for ethnic studies and doing this, we wanted to get that name to honor the history. So one of the, te- our teacher, he set it up at his house the Saturday, two days before the strike, before we started it with the 68, with three uh, members of the the lead organizing committee, the, the main group of it. And uh, we just talked with them and they freaking, you know, told us what we were gonna face. They told us we were gonna have agitators. They told us people, that we would be divided, that they would do everything, and they basically was like, look, oh shit, cops outside. Uh, They broke it down, what we should expect, and they were like, we got nothing but love for you guys. And it was like a really, and there was two people from the 99 TWLF, and it was kind of like, I guess you could say, passing of the torch type of thing. They gave us a blessing to use a name, and uh, it was really dope and uh, we had other people come and visit us who were part of the strike and i I would always tell them like thank you you know you guys inspire us because like you guys said people are dying in the streets because you were talking about police brutality like people got beat the fuck up at for during the strike you know like really bad and that's what I told Satchel like man people was tripping that we're doing a hunger strike but they don't remember that this was violent like cops were out here cracking people's heads and this is the least I could do so I would tell them, thank you you guys inspire us and then they would say like oh you guys inspire us that you guys are still out here and it was just really cool to learn from them and like that they would say that they learned from us always hella shook me but Third World Liberation Front They're they are pretty sick Like their history and Now
2: do you know where That one girl I don't like No <laughs> yeah, There was someone Someone on the panel, on the the panel Today was I forgot her name she was. Someone on the panel Today She was a sellout In my opinion
0: <laughs> 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 What
4: happened I forgot her name <laughs> she goes, got go close on. To
2: the mic for that one. She's just talking about To me it's, She's talking about Conformity mm. She's invested In the system mm. She's Acting like If she lived in today's time and she was our age she wouldn't pull this type of action again or you know those type of things those are the type of things i don't like to hear they're discouraging and disappointing
4: was she originally a part of the twlf
2: yeah, supposedly and that's what i question too you know it's just like is she just with this fame type of thing or whatever it is and but you know and it's not just to you know, do that but because she gave praise to wong she was like, yeah, Wong listens today, though. He's the type of, obviously, she's in bed with it. You know what I mean? Like, so, yeah. She said that, and then, you know, exactly. the people that we were with, my my, my father's <laughs> wife, um, was saying, no, she doesn't. You know what I'm saying? We were in the crowd, yeah, and then she was, yes, yeah, she does, yes, yeah, she does. So it's obviously, you know, you went out, it, it just makes me think, like, us pulling these, it makes me question a lot, and just, understand, you know, like, oh, these older activists is all, you know, victims of conformity you know like that's what it is to me it looks like they're doing what they can to survive you can't beat them join them type of attitude yeah. I'm not with that you know what I mean like so it was a um, it's a trip and it makes you reflect now to see like you know how people how a lot of activists become like that the older they get they you know they seem oh yeah you know either they get the high and mighty like I've been doing this I've been doing that and or they get that like that's not the way to do it. You need to go this way and go around, you know what I mean? Like, come on, man, it's not the 60s and 70s no more, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so, yeah, exactly.
3: And I
2: think, I think someone was mentioning about, you know, next
3: steps and, and moves. I, I think we need to start having the conversation of black and brown, poor communities, immigrant communities, LGBT communities, and the power to those communities. Mm-hmm. You know, we have Black Lives Matters brown lives matters and that's that's i would argue is more of an attempt to to have the majority white community middle class upper class white community acknowledge that black and brown lives matters having the system acknowledge that black and brown lives matters but within our communities i i believe we need to build black and brown power within Mm -hmm. these communities economic power Mm -hmm. community power political power and you know, these, these are all extensions of, of creating space and, and holding that space and being a conduit of, of self-determination for that community and saying, so, you know, we get to decide what our, what our kids learn. We get to decide where they work. We know that our kids have an impeccable education because right now we're, we're essentially at the peril of what the government gives us. Mm-hmm. And by cutting education... By relegating us to the outskirts of the community by displacing us by not educating us where does that leave us that that leaves us just hanging on our community shouldn't just be hanging on Hmm. our community should be thriving just like any other community and and i bring that up you know i'm i'm running for supervisor in district nine right Mm -hmm. and it's a it's an interesting paradigm because i'm running for a position in a system that has historically oppressed the community that I came from, mm-hmm. even in this process right we're on a hunger strike, and every board of supervisor made a very clear statement that they couldn't do anything for us, mm-hmm. yet they turn around when it was politically advantageous to make a statement and yeah. and it's disappointing right is, is that the type of system i'm going to be? a part of. Mm -hmm. I want to figure out through the power of community decision-making, community policy-making, how do we innovate governance, right? Imagine creating policy that actually came from the community, (laughs) where if you put stuff online and say, let's talk about education, let's talk about housing, Mm -hmm. what do we need? And then policies being drafted by the community, and your legislator is actually pushing that forward Mm -hmm. instead of what we typically get is politicians getting legislation from interests and then turning around trying to sell it to the community and saying oh this is good for you Mm -hmm. i'm tired of that right Mm -hmm. i'm tired of politicians politicking on our lives i'm tired of politicians that have never lived our lives but are creating policy on issues that affect our lives Mm -hmm. like they're going to create policy on police brutality but have never had to experience police brutality in san francisco like I am I'm, I'm done with it. Mm. And and it may be radical, right, for this city, which is an oxymoron that anyone can be too radical for San Francisco. But that's what they're gonna try to pigeon me whole as is is oh you're you're too radical. You're not a quote unquote politician. Mm. I never wanted to be a politician. I'm not doing this to be a politician. I'm doing this because at the end of the day, I will put my life on the line for my people mm. and I'm willing to do that even if and when we win this race, I, I want this seat to be an extension of what the movement has been happening, the movement that's being pushed and being formed and growing, where people say, wow, we have one of our own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That door in City Hall is open to all of us. Mm-hmm. right? That's, that's the city boy. That mm-hmm. door is never locked. And we can go in and speak to them. We're typically now you have to have some type of meeting because you've contributed to someone's campaign. Mm
6: -hmm.
3: And because you've maxed out on their campaign, they'll give you a lunch. Mm
6: -hmm.
3: Now, we we need to stop that politics. We need to change what that looks like, and we need to say, you know, we talk about the Black Panther Party. They were a Black Panther Party because they understood that everything they did was an effort to have political power. Mm -hmm. Because in this country, politics changes the game. It means you get educated or you don't. It means that you get jobs or you don't. It means that Twitter gets tax breaks and poor people get displaced. So I think we have to keep that in mind as well, is that that is a component. Political power is a component of the
2: other power that our community needs to earn. Well, party for a reason. Mm -hmm. Black Panther Party, like we say, is... Democratic Party or Republican Party they were the Black Panther Party they wanted a political power seat you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like that's why Bobby Seale ran for mayor later you know Mm -hmm. like it was a, It's not like you say it was all planned, but it, it becomes, you know, the plan when, you know, you're figuring out ways to fight this monster, and there's ways to, you know, and bring these issues to the forefront. That's what it's really about, is it, those are the, the small victories that you got to celebrate as well, or at least acknowledge, because you keep fighting and getting depressed and angry and thinking that you're not winning, you're not going to go nowhere. But you understand that, like we said, we didn't get Chiefs or fired yet, mm-hmm. but the momentum, the the with San Francisco, how vibrant it is right now and everybody like you said, there's people pulling hunger strikes all over now and yeah. the world is talking about San Francisco and how horrible Ed Lee and Chief Sir is and how our police department is, that's a win. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So we do have to celebrate these little wins and understand that we're getting somewhere with this and we're making traction. And way the further it is still bring the You know, the radical side of, you know, but we have to as well fight for that political power seat and and stay on their helmets. You know, whoever we get in the office, we make sure that they're accountable for what they said they're going to do when they get in the office. Or we're going to take them out, too. You know what I mean? Like, so that's we said this this whole thing is to show the power of the people to understand like yeah we're not worried about the next chief of police because when he gets in there he understands that we're going to bring the same heat exactly. we brought the sir to him if not even 10 times more intensified because when we do get rid of sir it's going to be like a celebration the giants world won the world series in the streets you know what i'm saying we're going to take it like that and it's going to galvanize a lot more people a lot more youth a lot more elders and they're not going to want to see us after that and that's why they're having such a hard time they have their pride and their little fake-ass dignity whatever the hell would be. They don't want the power of the people to bring them down. They want to do it at their own, you know, at their the will, the way they want to retire, the way, you know, so that's how much pride it is, because they're going to step down anyway. Yeah. They just don't want to make it seem like we're doing it, you know what I
4: mean? I think politics is, is very reactionary. Whereas, like, they wait to see a mass amount of people get angry and wait till their image could be tainted if they don't say anything and then they say something. So, I think what, what we're trying to do is, is, like, change the definition of what a politician is mm-hmm. to, like, what Lindo could be. Is that like when they say we want this, they really speak, like, you would really speak from the Mission District or the Invernal Heights and whatnot. So, I think that's what we're trying to aim for. I think that's what we're all trying to aim for is to change the definition of what politics is so that we can get economical power and get, like,
1: uh, societal power. Work. All right. I, I agree. I think we're about to take a little little break, real quick, and get some air, get some some spliff, and we'll be back here at Old Soul Radio. We'll be back. listening to old star radio right now we're taking a little bit of a break but when we're back we're gonna continue the conversation with quipto Ed Lindo, max akil and satchel You're listening to old star radio
5: first BSU in the
1: So radio, everybody, right now off the old soul collective soundcloud. This is fucking on these beats produced by Baghead. We're back here on Old Soul Radio. Um, we just took a little break for a second. And um, right about now, we're t- passing around this Fruit Roll-Up treat that Max just got, I think. Is it Fruit Roll-Up or...
2: It's
1: with Spider-Man on it.
2: Spider-Man ornament.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> but um, I, got a, I got a question to ask all four of you. Since, uh, since going through this experience... With the hunger strike, uh, what I've been—the word I've been seeing pop up a lot, just in general with stuff like this—is the word revolution. And uh, last time I had Selassie here, he told me that the word revolution is a very romanticized word and can mean something different for everybody. So I was actually curious for all five of you right here, actually, what that word means to you.
4: Um, I think it means a, a general consensus among a mass of people who have been oppressed for a long time come together and decide that they will do the idea that Malcolm X was talking about by any, by any means necessary mm-hmm. that they'll act in that way to create a new system um, that's how I see it and if you want to relate to the time now like we're not there yet um, and we might I don't know when we'll get there but I think if what I really envision is to happen we're going to need a revolution
5: I think a revolution just means, uh, it's like change, I guess. So there's all kinds of revolution. Mm -hmm. And uh, just like we was talking about earlier, about going back to school, that could be someone's internal Mm self-revolution. And like when we, what I think when they talk about in a societal sense of revolution, what they're talking about is that people have gotten to such a situation that they have pushed each other out of the love of their community, that everyone has had an internal revolution and that everyone's having this view at the same time to create this societal revolution. But everybody, I feel, goes through revolution all the time. Mm -hmm. When you grow, when you lose someone and you you learn something new, it's all a small change, you know, and that's kind of like the revolution. It's a forcible overthrow
2: of a government or social order in favor of a new system.
5: (laughs) Right.
2: (laughs) That's what a revolution is, according to Webster Dictionary. But no, it's like that's what Satch was saying, too. You know, like what we what we try to accept as revolution is, you know, it is a big word because a lot of people live and died for it. You know what I mean? Like no joke but it is personal revolution too like you know cause a lot like what Max you know uh, tells us and teaches us or whatnot is like we can't fully give ourselves to the movement if ourselves aren't right mm-hmm. you know like you have to have yourself together at least to your fullest capabilities so you can give right to the movement or else you're just jiving you know what I mean like you're not giving what the movement deserves but you know, there, there is, I think, like, uh, being a part of a revolution doesn't necessarily have to be on the front lines of things, too. You know, it's like um, training their kids and people, you know, raising their families with a, mind, a, a revolutionary mind state, you know, is in today's day and age is a revolutionary act in itself, you know, because it's, it's, we're living in a conditioned times where it's scarce, You know, so I think those are the type of things that we have to uh, acknowledge as well. But like you said, a real revolution, uh, people are going to have to die, you know. People, things will, you know, people, the rich will lose their money. Everyone's going to be at the same type of level, you know what I mean, ground zero for everybody. And I think that's... um, needs to happen to a certain extent it has to happen in order for a, like a wake up call as huma- human beings as humanity we need a wake up call and maybe that's what it takes you know what I'm saying revolution
3: so for me i i would i would argue that I mean revolution is actually isn't isn't a radical thing right this country was formed on a revolution this country was intended to, to be revolutionary in its own act by being created. Um, I don't think so. What's that? No, 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 no. <laughs> Let's have a conversation.
5: Uh, I don't think I, I don't think it was like this big revolutionary act. It was a bunch of business owners that said, "I don't want to pay taxes to another business owner." So for me while it is true that this country is born of a revolution it was still one based in capitalism and on the principles of greed at the time that the constitution was signed George Washington was the richest man in the United States Yeah. and so like I'm talking about I think we need to I don't I don't think like that's the kind of revolution I mean that's what the revolution they had and they had slaves during the revolution so
3: They did and there's different types of revolution right Like that was that was there that was a I would argue a very ethnocentric type of revolution based on this usurped view of capitalism that was grounded on the idea that we can own people and this entire country is going to be formed on the backs of slaves and that we're going to make money through capitalism on the backs of other human beings. Um, and, and that's a sad reality, like that, that's the reality of this country. and that's going to be the black eye that this country will forever carry and it should never be forgotten. Now, at the same time, it was it's the guiding law of the land that we're in now. You know, We have the Declaration of Independence. We have the Constitution. Having gone to law school, you study all this and it's sometimes depressing because like, this country was created without the, without the purview or the vision of including me in it, right? I'm, I'm kind of happenstance. Like, oh, you also fall under the Constitution because we've changed the rules, and you now are considered a human. And Black people are no longer three-sixths of a vote, you know, or, or three-sixteenth. Like, you're an actual human being. Like, that—that's sad. That—that—that's what this country was based off of. But at the same time, the principles in their mind, was revolutionary compared to, you know, trying to get away from the oligarchy, and the king in England. So they came here, created a new country. They have the guiding principles that we're all supposed to be abiding by, which never actually included us. But I, I would make the argument that it was founded as imperfect experiment. Right? You you had this experiment of creating a country, we're the youngest, one of the youngest countries in the world, and we're still figuring it out. And my thing is, where we fail is we, we settle. I think this country is supposed to be in constant revolution, in constant change. It needs to be innovative in how it governs. It needs to be innovative in what the law looks like. It needs to be innovative in what policing looks like, what housing looks like. You know unfortunately has been guided guided by capitalism and that's what dictates what policy looks like instead of what community governance look like to dictate what the economy would look like and and so for me you know you talk about innovation of of governance why does innovation only have to apply to technology right Te- technologists for example they are quote unquote revolutionaries right when google came out it was a revolution of information why does a revolution only have to happen in technology like why can't we think of new ways of having a police force think of new ways of having housing for everyone you know housing should be a right that's not a revolutionary thought that's an act of humanity you know everyone we shouldn't have homeless people on the streets you look at utah utah has housed every homeless person in the state and it costs less mormons and it costs less than having to provide first responder services to, to homeless people my so my, my thing is let's think of innovative creative revolutionary ideas that in reality aren't Radical, like it's not—it's not radical to to seek justice. It should be expected. It's what we should be fighting for. Period. But because it goes against economic interests at times, then it's oh wait a second—that's crazy. That's, that's crazy. You know they try to sell us that our ideas of what justice justice looks like is a fiction, that it's not real. That it's like a comic book, like there are superheroes, but you'll never achieve that because it's it's not real. I want to make the argument that no, let's let's make this an autobiography. Let's make this reality. You know, for example, when we talked about this earlier, an idea is: imagine if you grew up in the city and you had a San Francisco birth certificate. SF State should be free for students that go to SFUSD schools. With I agree. Right? Like that's not revolutionary. That should be the law. We're talking about fighting displacement. Well, if you educate the children here, then you would help fight displacement. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, idea of let's let's not make revolutionary seem radical. Revolution should be expected.
1: I like that answer a lot, um, Max.
7: Um, in simple terms, to me, revolution means a radical or innovative. Um, shift in policy or thought. You know, that's the simplified version. And nowadays, I much rather use the word, um, I said in the last interview, I'd much rather use the word evolution as opposed to revolution.
6: Hmm. Uh,
1: so, what would you guys say to, um, I, said I, have, I have a homie outside, I see uh, Sayo oh, is about to come in, he's going come in and talk for a bit. Um, He's actually thinking about getting into politics to himself after, after college. What would you guys say, what would you guys hope for a politician growing up in the city to do, I guess, for the betterment of San Francisco?
7: For me, first and foremost, is to serve the people because as elected officials, they are supposed to be servants of the people and do what's in the best interest of the people in the communities that they serve, mm-hmm. as opposed to um, self-serving interest or catering to big business and corporations. You know, like a true leader is one who serves the people and doesn't rule over them. Mm-hmm.
3: I mean, I'm 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 a candidate, right? So but this is this is what I'm I'm fighting for, what I have been fighting for. So I,
2: I want I want to hear another. It's hard to um, with me because you know we we try um, to attack it from all angles, but I think you know it's not a, with, with Lindo or someone that I, I I have faith or trust or hope in. You know, it's not a like, you can't join and beat them game. It's not, to me, it's not that type of thing where people, that's how a lot of people conceive it as, you know, like, oh, he's with politics now because they couldn't do it from the ground, you know, like, no, man, you know, like, obviously you ain't read enough if you're you, you, you thinking like that. But to me, um, I'm always going to be a rebel, you know, regardless of what it is. I'll, I'll never be a politician. You know, I might support people that's to do something, you know, and to get into office and get a, uh, you know, get in that seat. But
7: equipped for mayor. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'll, I'll always be a rebel, you know. And I, I, today I don't. Then you know, you can shoot me. You know what I'm saying? Like that's how I feel about it. Because I I don't want. I never got into this for for politics. So I'll you know I'll I'll be an educated nut. You know. And I'll, I'll stay educated as much as a lawyer or a politician. And that's my goal. But I don't want that that seat. I don't. You know, I'm. A, I want to walk with the people. And like like Lino said, it's it shouldn't be revolutionary for a politician to walk with the people. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. this is what it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's our our way of changing things. And that's going to be a revolutionary act in itself for what we're trying to do. You know what I'm saying? Because like me and Lino have this. You know what i'm saying relationship and understanding where like they said i'm gonna do all i can to keep him in the office but i'm gonna do all i can to hold him accountable of it too you know what i'm saying so that's that's i don't think that's ever really been done as far as i can see or make it for san francisco and making it work because like we're gonna make that happen you know unlike <laughs> some people that don't like unaccountable or we call sellouts you know what i mean and stuff like that because right now, it's, it's, it, that's how I look at these supervisors, you know what I mean, like, that's, that's speaking up right now and, mm. and trying to, you know, act like it's not the people's pressure, but it's what they feel about, sir, you know, like, and they don't want to act like the hunger strike had anything to do with it, or they want it, uh, Greg, sir, to resign. They're not saying Ed hey, lead a fire Greg, sir. Mm. There's a big difference with this politics and how they try to distance things, you know what I mean? So... That's how I look at it, you know what I mean? Like, if you ain't talking about at unleash a fire, Greg, sir, it's a big difference. You know what I mean? And if you're not trying to uh, act like the, the people power made that happen, then fuck you. You know what I'm saying? In your face. You know what I'm saying? Because we talked to all of them in their face, and they lied to us in our face and said that we can't, that they can't. It's illegal for them to say fire chief, sir. In my face, in my mother's face. And next thing you know They make a bold statement mm-hmm. About how they want Chief Sir to resign So it's all bullshit You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying yeah. It's smoking mirrors You know what I mean So that, That's what I don't want to see In a politician mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying That type yeah. of
5: shit I feel you <clears throat> I would just say I think the best politicians Are those that Is not trying to be a politician mm-hmm. Um You should just be like a candidate of the people, a a representation of the people. I mean, the way elections is won here in the US is money. So if you're not going to have this money behind you, then you better have that same amount of money in bodies. One person for every dollar, whatever. You know, people putting all this money in, instead put a body in and go out and talk to the people and actually understand their problems and be one of the people that, that's just these people lose sight like Equipto was saying they try to distance themselves like I mean don't do that that's like <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> just don't do that uh yeah I can answer the
4: question um I think I said earlier change the definition of a politician and I think it just means for SF because there's always been politicians who are radical and who, like Akiel said, um, aren't necessary politicians. Uh, che was a revolutionary first, but he was a politician. You know, um, I mean, people might argue against that. Um, I mean, there's plenty of examples I can't really think about right now. <laughs> but basically, I think in the city, a politician right now is is determined by
6: being.